Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. On today's episode of the Blue White Illustrated Recruiting Podcast, Sean Fitz and myself get into the latest 2023 prospect to take an official visit to Penn State, as well as another emerging 2023 player I think fans need to keep an eye on. We also get into a few names that were up for Central Michigan. I was out to see Quentin Martin this past weekend, and we're also going to maybe hit on a couple of names to get to, the, to keep an eye on for the Northwestern game. Let's get into it. All right, Fitz. Week uh, week three, I guess, for us here, but uh, week four of the season, we'll say. Um, big uh, big official visitor this past weekend, Edwin Joseph. Of course, we've been talking about him for a couple weeks now. Four star now at on three. Got that uh, got that bump the other week, and I think uh, in a couple weeks, as more schools probably going to keep calling. I think people all over, up and down the East Coast are going to see why that was justified. Of course, he's crushing it right now with. Shaman Abadana, but um, I'll throw it to you to start, Fitz. I mean, just kind of what are you hearing coming out of this visit? Uh, we, we've both been you know, reaching out to people we know, and seems like a pretty good visit overall. We're, I'm still waiting to get in touch with uh, with Joseph here, but uh, just from our limited conversations, he seems to really enjoy himself. Yeah, I think so. I think the first thing to take away from this is is Edwin Joseph came up for an official visit. So if 
if someone if they're rolling out the red carpet for an official visit right now for any prospect in the 2023 class, that means you have to pay attention to him. Joseph was up. Um, this is one that he wanted to come up for, or he was planning on coming up for the whiteout. And then all of a sudden Miami comes, Florida state comes uh, and Penn state's like, well, let's get him up here while we can and see what happens. I think it was a very good and first impression. He's wanted to get up for a long, long time. You know, he's got a great relationship with Jay Wan Sider um, and some of the other staff members at Penn state, but it seemed to seem to have gone well. Um, this is one where, you know, we talked about it last week. Relationships are going to be so important in this one because location certainly isn't in your favor, but seemed like he had a good trip seemed like they were uh, they were impressive with what they were throwing out there as a guy that can get out there and maybe play right away from you or for you i don't know if that's you know particularly possible with with joseph but i will say this the more kids that i talk to the more of them have noticed nick singleton katron allen drew aller abdul carter uh denied Dennis, the freshman getting out there and playing right away and that's really helping penn state right now so it'd be interesting to see if if that you know, sort of moves the needle for Edwin Joseph. Um, you see his highlights right here. Really, really good senior year as a receiver. I know some other um, uh, schools are, are recruiting him as a defensive back. So maybe that's something that it comes down to. But I think Penn State made a really good impression uh, from talking to, to people on campus. It seems like they think that they're right in the thick of things. It's probably going to be a, a later decision, October, November. Um, but that's a that's a really good first impression. And, you know, if, if it was good enough, maybe get them up again next week on, or next month for an unofficial visit. I don't know that that's particularly possible, but, you know, I think that's certainly still on the table. Yeah, so far this season, 22 receptions, 368 yards, four touchdowns playing receiver. As you mentioned, the play at corner has certainly grabbed some people's attention. I know Charles Power said that had a big impact on him being upgraded to a four-star. Really what to watch now moving forward, at least in my eyes, is just will he take some more officials? I, I expect him to. He, he certainly plans to. Uh, hasn't done a Miami official yet. I think that'll probably come at some point. Also mentioned Utah, which is always, you know, we talk about this all the time. Utah always pops in. Utah and Penn State were the top two for the longest time. It just doesn't make mm -hmm. a ton of sense. But Miami's right in his backyard. Mm -hmm. Miami really struggling right now, um, which could be good, could be bad for for a recruitment like that. And then Florida State has has had some success too. So, yeah, but Utah and Penn State have been the two constants here, which is pretty hilarious when you think about it. Yeah, the other school he's mentioned, too, is that he's trying to take an unofficial to Louisville and then circle back for an official with his parents at a later date. Of course, nothing's set right now, so let's see how it plays out. But I think overall, there, there seems to be some positivity that this was a good visit with Penn State. And uh, let's, let's let's just kind of see how things shake out here. W will they be able to get him back even down the road, maybe even? Uh, I think it'll be hard. It, it's often hard with the South Florida guys to get them back for unofficial visits, but something to keep an eye on uh, in the in the weeks and, or excuse me in the months ahead. Uh, let's so switch over now to Rodney Laura, uh, merging twenty twenty three prospect that we've been talking about a little bit on the message boards, but man, last week decommits from Virginia. I think it was Saturday morning or Friday evening. One of those. One of those two, Sean. Uh, I know you messed with me while I was tailgating, so it was. I think it was Saturday morning. Um, <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Laura, Penn State wants to add another defensive lineman, preferably an edge, but anytime you can find a guy that fits his profile, about 6'4", 270, that can move, you're going to be interested. Penn State hasn't offered yet. I think that's important to note. Mm -hmm. But some other schools, I know Michigan's involved and, and a couple of other schools are involved, and his profile seems to be rising. And as you mentioned, decommitted from Virginia just the other day. Yeah, I've been talking to some people about this. I, I do think there's a chance he gets up for this Northwestern game. It's not set at the moment, but Penn State's aware of it, and Rodney's interested in coming. Let's, you know, it's only Tuesday, so let's see 
where things are at here in the, in, in the coming days. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's on campus this upcoming weekend. Uh, as Sean mentioned, 6'4", 270 out of Woodbury Forest, Virginia, was committed to Virginia and decommitted the other day. So just something to keep an eye on. As Sean said, I feel like defensive end is definitely their preference. Of course, they need to get him on campus too. So getting him up here, getting around him, getting around his family, I think that'll have a big impact on whether he gets an offer or not. But if he is able to make it up this weekend, uh, get around the family, as I said, interact with the coaching staff, keep an, out, keep an eye on um, a potential offer to come. But like I said, I think DN would be their preference there, Sean. Or we know DN would be their preference there. But I, I just think right now they're, they're trying to find the best guys they can. And, and Rodney certainly is, a, is an emerging prospect in the region. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, let's transition to one other guy here quick that we got to get in for 2023 talk. Andrew Rappelier, first full game of the season, Buckingham Brown and Nichols, uh, which is where Ronan Hannafin plays. He was a former 2023 prospect for Penn State. Boy, impressive looking highlights here for Andrew Rappelier. We, we, we know all about his numbers. I think Sean and I have talked about him before here. Uh, a legit, does he run like a four, six, Sean, four, five? I mean, I know, I know the numbers have been, Really impressive for Andrew and, you know, 6'4", 215. He's putting up some heck of highlights here. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough for us to avoid the Friarmouth comparisons here than the New England kid, a little bit older uh, than his group or than his class. But, uh, yeah, you look at the highlights. He had a phenomenal game, a uh, phenomenal start to the season. They start a little bit later uh, up in New England, and he was – as a blocker, as a as a pass catcher, just all over the place, and uh, you know, it was a pretty phenomenal start to the season. Uh, I talked to a couple people this morning. Uh, it's one of the more impressive starts to the season that you'll see, especially for a tight end. Uh, runs well, as you mentioned, right in the four six ish area, um, but uh, against you know one of the more legitimate teams that he'll play um, in in that schedule this season. So. I was I flipped that on this morning. I was like, "Whoa, this this guy he's got something." And I know Penn State really likes him. Flipped him from Michigan, of course. Um, has has always been high on him, and uh, I think he's uh, I think he's a maybe a prospect we don't talk about enough. For sure, absolutely. One thing. So they won that game thirty-one to fourteen, as I said, over Buckingham Brown and Nichols. They have two more big matches coming up here: Lawrence Academy this upcoming weekend, and then they play Thayer on uh, Saturday, October eighth. I would expect Penn State to be up there. Probably Ty Howell will end up being up at that game. Of course, Samson Oak and Lola plays for Thayer. That's Penn State's bye week, so everything aligns for somebody from Penn State to to be at that game. Um, you know, as I said, in two weeks here. So let's keep an eye on Andrew's season. I don't, I don't have stats. I was trying to, I was trying to get the stats off his film there, but it's, they move too fast and different angles and stuff. So I, I couldn't figure it out, but it looked like at least a hundred yards uh, receiving and uh, watching him bully around some guys was, was fun to, fun to watch. So, all right, central Michigan visitors, not much of a big visitor list for this one. This, I, I would expect this to be the smallest, a recruiting crowd that we've seen this season. Sean, you were up there. I wasn't up there this weekend. Um, well, I think it was about 60 guys overall, but but really it was probably about a dozen or so when it comes to either walk-ons or potential scholarship guys. Yeah, I mean, you you look at a visitor list like this, and we're typically focused on, uh, aside from Edwin Joseph, the official visitors, but the commits were a couple commits were there. London Montgomery, Javen Williams, of course, but uh, yeah, not a, not a ton to take away from uncommitted visitors. Uh, you wrote about David Polipoli, defensive tackle from Hempfield in the Lancaster area. I talked to him last week as well, uh, about six two three hundred. Uh, this kid is a work in progress, but he moves pretty well for a 300 pounder. That's a, that's still a junior in high school. I've actually watched all of his clips uh, just sort of in sequential order earlier, or I guess late last week. And he's, I think he's getting better every game. So interested to see, you know, how hard Penn state pushes there, because if they do, I think Penn state's clearly in the lead right now. It'll be interesting to see 
what other um, schools will come up. But uh, you and I talked, both talked to him. Really, really nice kid. Uh, really open about the process and things like that. Penn State, I think, in a really, really good spot early. A couple of other guys with offers that popped up. Daniel Coles, a running back from, uh, excuse me, Brook Point in, Stauf- in Stafford, Virginia. Of course, Penn State has had a lot of success recruiting running backs from around Stafford, Virginia. Um, Coles, six foot, six one, two oh six. He hasn't played much this year at an MCL sprain, uh, but he came up as a third visit this year, came twice in the spring and picked up an offer after the spring game. And then Shamir Fredericks, uh, big safety uh, from, from New York, uh, Canarsie, which is obviously a, a school that Penn State has been um, successful with at times and ha- has had a lot of kids on campus from time to time. 6'3", 153. So good thing it wasn't too yeah. windy on Saturday. Um, but uh, he's he's a guy that that has a Penn State offer. He's a, he's a bunch of offers. Actually, Notre Dame's in there as well. Um, certainly one to watch there as a, as a 2024 safety. Yeah, so when he came up for – he's actually lost weight since the season because when he came up for the Lash Bash, he was around 165-ish or so. So, of course, Penn State – I mean, every school would want to see him more gaining more weight than, than losing it, but that does happen during football season. But, I mean, he has a lot I, – I got to watch him. Shamir, of course, I'm talking about here. I got to watch him for the 7-on-7 seven seven that, that Canarsie attended. I think it was the first 7-on-7 seven seven this year. And he does move really well for a guy his size, good vision and things like that. There is a lot to work with there. But, of course, he, he has to get a little bit bigger down the road. Uh, one thing I'll mention with Polly Polly too, I'm looking forward to seeing him in about two to three weeks from now. They play Exeter, of course, Joey Schlafler's is a part of that program. So I'm going to be looking, looking forward to going down to that game. Polly Polly did mention that Pitt, West Virginia, and I think Akron uh, were, were, were among the, the schools who haven't offered yet, but have started to pick up a little bit of interest since September 1. So keep an eye on that. Louisville Temple are his other offers at the moment. So, um, you know, th- Look, clearly, if, if he continues to progress well and, and the relationship with Penn State goes well, a lot of things uh, look positive for Penn State. But as Sean mentioned, it's it's uh, like with all these 2024 guys, uh, it's pretty much a work in progress. Now, with that said, there are a couple 2024 guys that are just, yeah, we know they're going to be takes for Penn State. And one of them I got to watch this past weekend in Quinton Martin. Uh, man, so, so here's the thing I'll say with Quinton is right now, with his scheme and the way his school's uh, operating, he's kind of being used as a dummy a little bit. So he didn't have, uh, you know, all the flashy stats and whatnot from going out there the other night, but uh, he did have a great punt return for about 95 yard touchdown, a couple of really nice runs as well. was actually really impressed with some of his defensive play as well. Uh, made, made some really nice tackles. Uh, they ended up beating Thomas Jefferson. It was a low scoring game. I think like 21, seven, something like that. So uh, not, not a whole lot of flashy highlights and um, everything from that. What I did get to do most importantly was catch up with Quentin. Quentin is, uh, he'll be the first to tell you he's, he's not into doing all the interviews and whatnot, but a lot of new schools coming. Uh, LSU's coming. Georgia's coming. Alabama's coming. We expected this, of course, but they, ha- they haven't offered yet, but they are really working hard to build relationships. Uh, he made it clear that Tennessee and Texas are two schools that he'd like to take unofficials to, which in addition, of course, is Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, all schools that have a, a strong relationship with him have already offered and whatnot. Uh, the other key thing he did note is that he does plan to be at the whiteout game, which I think we all kind of expected that would be visit number seven for Quinton. But um, man, just an incredible athlete. But right now he's just kind of being used as a decoy with them. And I understand it. I mean, he's being double teamed all the time. And I mean, we see this all the time, right? A guy has a massive breakout year the following year. Every team you know, schemes against him and then he's kind of used as a decoy. 
Well, you see it all the time. You're going to stop getting these invites because uh, you went and you went to Iowa True. and saw a low scoring game. You went to yes. see Quentin Martin low scoring. I don't know who you're going to see next, but hopefully it's a defensive prospect. Um, so I, I mean, it, it's Quentin Martin's going to be a national prospect. I, is he going to be a five star? You have questions about that because you talk projection about uh, is he a running back? What is he at the next level? Is he a big receiver? I know we've talked linebacker before, but it seems like offense is where he wants to be. So, but this kid's going to be a national prospect. Penn State, I think, has done a very nice job getting themselves out in front of that wave that's going to come. But this, I think, is going to be an interesting recruitment. Uh, I know they don't they don't talk nil, but that's one of those things when you talk to people that have been around uh, that recruitment. I think it's going to be prominent, and in the twenty twenty four class, will probably keep coming up uh, as much as if not more than in the 2023 class, but um, can't debate you you at all in terms of him being a phenomenal athlete. Uh, wish wish you could see more, but uh, I guess that's part of going and seeing live games. We, we watch so many highlights. We watch, uh, you know, all these teams that have six or seven D1 prospects and things like that. We forget that these typical high school games, I mean, I watched my high school a couple of weeks ago on YouTube and I mean, it looks <laughs> like no offense to you, a bunch of you running around out there. Little, yeah. you know, just uh, So we, we tend to forget what these typical week to week high school football games are. So, I'm sorry. I didn't, I, I didn't come in <laughs> trying to, no to, offense you to you for that. Um, but uh, no. no, it's, it, we, we forget when we don't see all these prospects out there that this is still high school football and it's, it's going to be something different. <laughs> I, I'll just say this. I was very spoiled last year with all the Nick Singleton games and, and uh, you know, a couple other guys over the years, but uh yeah, Michael Parsons back in the day, we we got great highlights from him. But but yeah, no, I, I'm I'll be curious to see Bell Vernon down the road. Thomas Jefferson, of course, is a great program. Jordan Mayer's uh, committed to Wisconsin. He plays for them. That was a big win for Bell Vernon. Bell Vernon actually lost two games uh, leading into this one, and Bell Vernon's expected to be one of the one of the top schools in the Whitfield this year. But uh, good to just go out there and get to know people too. The one other thing I'd say too is is talking to his head coach Matt Humbert. I, I was drilling him on the position thing because obviously he knows him better than anyone. He, he thinks outside linebacker is still the, the best position for Quinton long-term. Just I mean, putting that I, out there. I don't, I don't disagree. That's the first thing we saw. I mean, how many times do you see a 6'2", 215-pound running back that's a, that's that size in high school stay at that position? But I will. I keep going back to this story. Keenan Allen's coach told me he'd be a heck of a weak side linebacker as well. So, you know, <laughs> it's not the high yeah. school coach that, that comes around with the, with the most uh, accurate evaluation. We'll leave that to the Fair college enough. coaches. Fair enough. All right, uh, Northwestern. Let's get into this. Uh, 3.30 kickoff for Penn State. I, I I think most of us kind of were thinking it'd end up being noon. Of course, that's been announced for, for over a week now. But if you would have asked me a couple weeks ago, I thought that would be like a noon ESPN kind of kick. Uh, but they get the 3.30 treatment, which is always important in, in the recruiting world. Uh, we're still working to put together a list right now, but I think that 3.30 uh, is going to be really important for this. It should get that list into a different level. You know, we usually you get a handful of guys for that first Big Ten game, a handful of scholarship guys. I think now we're going to be looking at, you know, maybe they could get up to 10 or so uh, scholarship guys. It's still ways to go out, but just looking over previous years, that's kind of what they've averaged. Of course, they did. I think last year they opened Indiana at home and that ended up being a night game. So that that, that wasn't the best of comparisons. But uh, Jalen Harvey is, is a name I'm keeping an eye on this weekend. He's right now kind of uh, planning to come up. Of course, Jalen's been here in the past and then he's had a couple visits where he plans to be here, wasn't able to make it. Uh, but right now, you know, he's he's one of the top guys we're keeping an eye on. Four-star prospect out of Quincy Orchard in Potomac, Maryland. I think this would be his third visit to Penn State, I want to say. Maybe maybe fourth. I think it It's hard third. to say because I think he's yeah. intended to visit many times, and we just have right. to keep track of the, right, you know, the ones when he makes yeah. it. Yeah. 
I think I'm doing a good job tracking it, but I probably made a mistake there somewhere. So right now I have two on his profile. That would make this his third. But as I mentioned, I mean, he was planning to come. I think the Lash Bash as well wasn't able to make the Lash Bash. So let's see if he's able to make it up. A couple other guys I'll mention here quick. Uh, Juan Manaya is a, is a decent-looking uh, offensive tackle prospect out of Paramus Catholic. Keeping an eye on him this weekend. As of right now, he is planning to be in attendance. Penn State has already offered Juan. We have him at 6'6", 315. Uh, Three-star prospect with a few quality offers, Michigan State, Old Miss. Uh, I believe Boston College is another one, so another player to keep an eye on. And then one other I'm going to see. I, ha- I don't have him completely locked in yet, but I'm keeping an eye on him as well as Rico Scott out of Bishop McDevitt. Uh, I, oh, speaking of games, I got to watch players play. Rico, I watched play his first game a year against Imatep. He dropped the ball like four times. So <laughs> now don't get me wrong, Rico's having a great season. Uh, but it was just one of those, it was one of those bad games that uh, I guess I'm I'm unlucky this year. But uh, Alabama, Texas A&M, Minnesota, a uh, few other quality teams. I think Georgia's another one in there. Rico's been on campus four times now. This would be his fifth if he's able to make it up. Uh, he's a four-star prospect in the on-three consensus. And uh, right now, like I said, not I, w- I would list him as 50-50 at the moment, but another quality player we're keeping an eye on. Yeah, I've got one here, uh, Jiron Uli, uh, 2026 athlete. We'll label him. He plays quarterback. He plays safety. Coming up from Florida, why is that interesting? A, a 2026 kid, he's he's Jaywan Sider's nephew. Penn State was, I believe, the second program to offer him. Charles Huff was the was the first at Marshall to offer him. Uh, Hugo's a really good player, and he continues to grow. I know he's been up for camp before. Um, you know, having Uncle Jaywan here probably doesn't hurt uh, Penn State's chances, but uh, really, really good looking athlete in the 2026 class. Like I said, I don't want to spend too much time uh, dealing with with that class right now because there's you know there's a lot of time to go as to, to develop into a prospect but he's a good looking one so far so I think that Northwestern list is going to be a little bit better I mean you mentioned um, how how they've sort of built up to this I think they the fact that they're winning is making them a little bit more appealing and some guys may not be able to make it for the whiteout or make it for the Ohio State game so you've got a three thirty kick. It will allow those guys that, you you know, you can expand your territory a little bit in terms of driving distance and things like that to get those guys up uh, for this weekend. For sure. One other guy, too, I did forget to mention, I have spoken with is Nair Daniels. He's out of Bergen Catholic in North Jersey. Uh, Nair did say he's 50-50 at the moment, but he is uh, trying to get on campus this weekend. Big offensive tackle prospect, 6'2", 348 is where he was in the summertime. I believe that was for – I believe that was for a camp early in the summer. I think it was 612 is what I have listed on his profile. So if he's able to make it up this weekend, he, this will be his third visit to Penn State. He was in, he was on campus uh, back in April and then for a camp in June. So and let's I see think, what makes it up. You said 6'2". Uh, it's Did a little I? bit off. That's 6'7". 6'7". <laughs> There's a bit of a difference between someone 6'2", 348 and 6'7", 348 in terms of frame. Um, but yeah, get all, you mentioned Juan Manai a little bit, get all the 2024 offensive linemen you can get on campus while you can and, and try mm-hmm. and figure that out uh, from there. Take a look at the frames, take a look at the measurement, the arm length, the hand size, you know, do all the little micromanaging type uh, an- analysis that you can do and then maybe reshuffle that car, re- reshuffle that deck later. Yeah, of course, I was listening to our podcast last week. I think I said Ohio like five times, and really it was the Central Michigan game. So I'm good at that. And uh, as long as I'm hosting, get used to that, guys. Uh, any final thoughts, Sean? I noticed T.A. Cunningham is a, is a, a notable prospect. I, I think anyone who follows recruiting and and what's happened with T.A., uh, Georgia kid, goes out to California, ruled ineligible. Uh, I, if you've seen uh, the stories over the last uh, couple of weeks or so, it's it's been a little bit of a, an issue where uh, – 
you know, just grabs everybody's attention with what's happened to him. But of course, TA has just been ruled eligible, which we're all really happy for. A really nice kid and a Penn State prospect as well. Penn State's on him. Everybody's on him, to be honest with you, a national prospect. But uh, Penn State staff been supportive through this whole thing. And and I think everyone's happy to see TA uh, get, get ruled eligible. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for us this week. Appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back next week with a recap of Northwestern visitors. And uh, if I make it to another game, hopefully we get some highlights. We can watch it there. But appreciate everyone. And uh, we'll talk next week. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.